Welcome back to Daily Devoted. My name is Meshach Canyon. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. It's all about the kingdom of God. And this month, it's all about the kingdom of God via Advent, because we're focusing on Advent. That means we're looking at some songs, we're looking at passages in the Bible, maybe some reflections, some theological reflections on the season, etc. Last time I did a little walk through one of my favorite hymns, Good King Wenceslas. I do have to enunciate because it's my mouth has a hard time saying that if I don't try really hard. And I asked what some of your favorite hymns were. And um, Michelle said, where are you Christmas? That's that's good, but it's sad, man. That's really like I got to be in the right mood, like a reflective mood to to hear that. But it's really good. Um, I, I actually had forgotten about that. I think since I don't listen to the radio anymore, I just listen to my own playlist. There's some songs that I don't hear anymore. When you're listening to the radio, you could just hear a whole bunch of songs. Um, and then Sharon said, oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Who doesn't? That's a classic, right? That's one of the, the greats. But this had me thinking, uh, especially um, Where Are You Christmas? And kind of the emotional, the sad uh, Christmas songs. You guys remember that song about the Christmas shoes? Oh my goodness, that one came out of nowhere. You'd just be driving in your car and then the song about the shoes for Christmas and you're all weepy and emotional. Um, I'm kind of glad I don't have to hear that one anymore. It's good, but my goodness, does it take you there? Makes you feel bad about yourself, you know? But anyways, today we're gonna continue our Advent series and I'm gonna be looking at a passage of scripture that's all about Advent. So what is what does Advent celebrate? Advent celebrates the first coming of Christ, and it also points towards the second coming of Christ. And so the passage of scripture uh, that I'm going to be looking at is something that Jesus said, and it's pointing towards his his second Adventus, his second return. So the passage real quick, Mark chapter 13, verses 24 through 26. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the son of man coming in clouds with great power and glory. So as I was reflecting on this passage, I remembered hearing probably in a sermon somewhere, um, like if if there's complete darkness out, outside and you light a candle, I think I remember hearing that you can see that candle from up to like 1.5 miles away. That's how powerful light is when it compares to the darkness. A small candle, you're a mile and a half away, you're going to be able to see uh, the light flickering. The message in all of those illustrations is that the darker the darkness gets, the brighter the light shines, even if, even if it's a small light. And when you look at some of the, the prophecies about the coming of Christ, in, including the one that I just read today, what you see is the expansion of darkness, not just literal darkness, meaning the absence of life, of light, but spiritual darkness, uh, metaphorical darkness, and etc. Indeed, in this passage, you see it reflected uh, the kind of spiritual darkness reflected through the, the illustration Jesus uses. In those days after that suffering, which indicates that things are going to be really bad, the sun will be darkened. Now the sun, for us, that's the universe's source of light. If the sun is darkened, 
then, you know, we're in a world of hurt. But then it goes on further to kind of describe the situation. The moon will not give its light. Now we know, we understand that the moon actually doesn't give its light. Um, so when it says give its light, it's not talking about uh, light that comes from the moon, but it's referring back to the sun, the sun being darkened so the moon cannot give its light. So think about the condition on earth. If the sun is darkened, the moon can't reflect the light of the sun. On earth, everything is pitch black. Well, then what's the only source of light we would have? The stars, right? Well, listen to what it says. The stars will be falling from heaven. The powers in the heaven will be shaken. What do the stars represent? Well, in those days, the stars, that's like their GPS devices. You know, especially for people who are traveling great distances, the North Star would kind of orient you and you'd keep on moving in that direction for sailors, etc. The stars were how they how they got around. That's how they navigated uh, where they were going. And so the picture that Jesus is painting is one of complete darkness and complete chaos, complete lostness. It's pitch black and you don't even have your resource to help you get to the place where you want to be. That is the perfection of darkness. As I was thinking about this, I remember a show from uh, on HBO. I think it was HBO called True Detective. I only watched season one. I haven't watched the other seasons, but season one was really good. At the end, and here's a spoiler alert because I'm going to uh, read something from the script, but there's a line at the end that um, I think it just really captured what's happening uh, with uh, in this war between darkness and light. So there's two characters, two main characters. One is named Marty and the other is named Rust. So I think it was Rust. Rust lived, he grew up living in uh, Alaska and they didn't have much to do. And so uh, earlier on, he told him that he would just look up in the sky and make stories. Well, as this uh, season is coming to a close, they're having a conversation and Marty he circles back to the earlier conversation and asks what kind of stories Rust would tell. So here's what Rust says. Light versus darkness. Those are the kind of stories. Well, said Marty, I know we ain't in Alaska, but it appears to me that the dark has a lot more territory. Now, he said this as he was looking up into a dark sky. So he says, it appears to me that the dark has a lot more territory. Rust says, you're right about that. Then he continued but you're looking at it wrong, the sky thing. How's that, asked Marty. Then Rust, focusing on the stars that were punching holes in the darkness, he said, well, once there is only dark, but you ask me, it looks like the light is winning. So what was he looking at? Whereas Marty might've been looking at the, the vast expanse of darkness in the sky, Rust was looking at the little stars that were we're popping up here and there. And that's why he said it looks like the light is winning. I think eschatologically, which just means the end times, how God is going to wrap up human history. I think when we look to the sky, we're seeing glimpses of it. The stars that are blinking, sure, they're small in comparison to the vast expanse of darkness. But one day the prophecy goes that Jesus will come and Jesus is the light of the world and he will push back the darkness. Again, not just the literal darkness, but the spiritual darkness. His coming will push the darkness back and all that will be left is light. 
as it says, so then they will see the son of man coming in clouds with great power and glory. So, you know, this Advent thing is a season for reflecting. A lot of people make the mistake of reflecting on the darkness. The world is such a terrible place, you know, but that's not the kind of reflecting that is faithful to our uh, to to who we are as people of God. Yes, the world is filled with darkness, but that darkness is supposed to spur us on towards a faithful reflection. But Jesus is the light of the world. And so I, I think in this episode, I the one message I want you all to walk away with is that the darkness should be an indication of the coming light. When things get really bad, those should be the reminders that Christ is coming. So it shouldn't lead us to despair. It shouldn't lead us to to give up hope. And it's so easy for the darkness to do that, right? You turn on the news, you hear about Ukraine, you hear about Gaza, you hear about Israel, you hear about starvation, you hear about rape, you hear about murder, you hear about the economy, you hear about poverty. The darkness is expanding and you hear all those things and it's so easy to just despair and lose hope. The challenge is to allow the darkness to point to the coming light because light will win. Light will win. And that's what Advent reminds us of. Jesus Christ is coming and his coming is going to be glorious. Every now and again, I just wonder like, man, what's it going to be like when Jesus comes? How, how amazing is it going to be when, man, he just wraps up human history and sets everything right? That's our hope. That's our expectation. And so right now, as people of God, we have the light of Christ within us. And so we're supposed to be like those those small stars in the sky, punching holes in the darkness, living as signs to the world that the light is coming. The light indeed is already here. And that one day, the light that gives life and light to all human beings will come and set everything right. So Heavenly Father, that is what our hearts are set on this Advent. Keep us from despair. Teach us to allow the darkness to point to your coming kingdom, to the reign of God and the second advent of Jesus Christ, who in his coming, he will set all things right. That's what we expect. That's what we long for. That's what we anticipate. And so we ask that you would do so. In fact, we just repeat the prayer that the early church used to pray. Come, Lord Jesus, come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, sisters and brothers, I will talk to you tomorrow. Happy Advent. Peace.